0: Welcome to the show! This is episode 169!
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey Andy, hey everyone! Sorry I got it High five, late. Marco! 69! <laughs> I'm so immature, I swear yeah. to god.
0: <laughs> I've said this before and I'll say it again. 69 is a stupid fucking position, man. Really? You don't like it. I think it's very
1: silly. (laughs) That's a bit judgmental. All right, whatever. That's fine. That's fine. Anyway, look, man, it's Halloween. Happy Halloween, everyone. Happy (laughs) Halloween. Today on the show,
0: uh, later on, I'll be chatting with Gregorio Franco. And uh, we'll also be doing a quick catch up with Florence to continue our Star Trek review of The
1: Next Generation. And we'll be playing some Halloween (laughs) (laughs) E-Tracks. <laughs> <laughs> I am looking forward to the part two with uh, Florence. Um, that was really interesting, actually. I liked that last week, so I'm looking forward to that myself. I don't know if people are going to enjoy this week's.
0: <laughs> this one gets pretty nerdy. But first, <laughs> let's listen to uh, some music. So, here is a track called Gala of Ghosts, and then in brackets, Spookwave by Anachronist. That was Anachronist with the track Gala of Ghosts. And then in brackets, it says Spookwave because this is a scary Halloween episode. That was brought to you by my lovely Patreon supporters. Pattern Shift. Now, Pattern Shift wanted me to say this. Uh, Hold on. There's a thing I gotta say. Oh, yeah. Go check out Chiptunes for Autism. Chiptunes for Autism uses Chiptune music and proceeds from its compilations to empower people on the spectrum, promote autism acceptance and understanding, and promote and celebrate neurodiversity. Uh, hear us in your favorite music portal, buy our tracks, spread the word, and help great causes. You are all incredible. It says all this in brackets. I don't know. Anyway, look, the point is this. <laughs> go to chiptunesforautism.bandcamp that's C H I P T U N E S, the number 4 autism.bandcamp and i'll put the link in the show notes and you can check it out so they make chiptune music and they i guess they sell it on bandcamp let me see volume 3 forces of neurodivergence yeah and there's like a ton of song, there's like 26 chiptune tracks on that album and i guess all the proceeds go towards uh, a good cause so go check
1: that out anyways it's halloween i'm here with Marco. It's a great occasion. I love Halloween, and um, it's extra exciting being in the US for Halloween, because uh, they celebrate it here a lot more, so... I know you. last week you said you guys uh, had a bunch of candy, even though you weren't expecting too many kids. Did you eat all the candy yet? A lot of it, yeah, especially the Kit Kats, yeah. Yeah, they were really popular. <laughs> I'm trying not to. I us actually hide them. We had to put them away, because it's just fucking too much. Do you have Kit Kats in Australia? We do, we do. I just don't rem- recall having the vanilla ones, which are the really... Uh, white chocolate, which are the really nice ones. Um, we do have a lot of different chocolates, but uh, Kit Kat's one that we do have for sure. Yeah. We don't have Hershey or any of that shit, though. My favorite is a, a bar called Crunchy. Uh, oh, well, we got Crunchy as well, yes. With the gold wrapper? Yes. I like that one. What is that? Honeycomb inside? Isn't the crunchy honeycomb? Yeah, it's a, it's some sort of wafery. What, I don't even know what you would call it. Would you call it honeycomb? Well, maybe that's what I'm trying to figure out if they're the same or not. Oh, yeah. Ours is honeycomb for sure. Hmm. Hmm, maybe. I don't know. Is that the... I, I, I'm wondering if that's the word. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that's the word, man. Crunchy bar. All right, let's have a look. Let's see what I come up with. They look exactly the same. Yeah, no, they're the same. Oh, it's Cadbury. Hang on. Country bar USA. Yeah, they're exactly the same. That's fucking honeycomb, man. What are you talking about? Do they use the word honeycomb? Okay. <laughs> Let me look it up. Yes, Honeycomb Center officially um, on Kook Country. Yes, Honeycomb Center. Honeycomb Center, Golden Honeycomb Center. I can send you the link if you don't believe me for Christ no. Sakes. No, fuck you! I am not fucking reading <laughs> your wrong, fucking man. bullshit links, no, you're man. Wrong. I don't need your fucking <laughs>
0: fake news. All right, this is.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, there it is anyway, so you can look at it later. <laughs> All right,
0: fucking honeycomb, my ass! You sound like a Russian bot. That's what you sound like. <laughs>
1: I like, I, but they're good though They're fucking Russian like, That's yeah. what it is Yeah <laughs> I'm gonna rig your election You bastard yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny how some Certain countries are known For something Like Russian, Russia It's just known for Copying music Like it's just yeah. ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> How bad it is I don't know why It's just Rush I mean you know Like everybody knows In the synthwave community the, the Russian music sharing sites Is an awesome thing That people always go like
0: They just sell my music on there Even though you can get it for free On my Bandcamp. camp <laughs> oh, right
1: <laughs> they got selling it <laughs> When it's already free It doesn't even make sense
0: Oh my god Listen I want to I listen to more music Speaking okay. of music uh, What do I got here Oh Here's a track Called Parallels By Gloom Influx And that was Gloom Influx with the track Parallels on this spooky Halloween. (laughs) And uh, that, of course, was brought to you by my lovely Patreon supporters, Mr. Jacob Wick with the 4488. Happy Halloween, Jacob Wick. Don't eat too much candy while you're doing your civil engineering. And then Clint Dowling. (laughs) Don't eat too much candy, Clint Dowling, while you're... What does Clint Dowling do again? Construction type stuff on homes. The, um, he's a tradesman? I, I believe... Well, I don't know if he's like... If it's like he owns a small business where he does the stuff. Might be a contractor. Or maybe he works for a company, but like, yeah. you know, you wear the company hat. The
1: company hat.
0: <laughs> but you're still just... It's, but it's just you and like two guys that go in and like yeah. build somebody's shower or something. Anyway, look, the point is... Thank you guys for supporting uh, Beyond Synth. You know, you can support Beyond Synth as well. Go to patreon.com slash beyond synth. Like... Lucas Ceballos, who's also in the $25
1: Club. Happy Halloween. Lucas, Marco, mm-hmm. tell me a story, man. I don't have too many stories in the last week. I've just been uh, trying to watch a lot of horror movies. Do you like horror movies, Andy? <laughs> Not really, but you can tell me about the one you watched. Okay, I watched uh, Dawn of the Dead last night. I really like that one. I believe that's my favorite uh, zombie movie of all time. I haven't seen it in a while. I'll watch it again. It- it's just great. It's got everything. It's kind of scary in parts. It's sad. It's really fun. It's adventurous. And it's got a lot of... Um well they're not really undertones but there's a lot of political stuff in there about society and stuff as well and um it's just really cool but have always wanted to like just take over a shopping mall so that that's kind of really cool
0: I was talking to uh later on in the show you'll uh hear me chat with uh, Gregorio Franco I think I asked him his favorite horror films and I was talking about Day of the Dead because that movie is fucking mm. gross like I mean yeah it's th- full on yeah I'll, I'll end up saying this stuff again when I talk to Gregorio but <laughs> see because I'm not really
1: too big into um gross oh I love it i love it the the more graphic the better (laughs) i mean look i I like to see a good movie don't get me wrong can't be just all gore otherwise but i do i have an attraction in gore for sure (laughs) (laughs) so you'd love to have the dead then huh Day of the Dead, like, the gore in that movie is pretty extreme and gross. Everything's extreme in that movie. The gore that's really quite vulgar, there's a lot of swearing, and it's like... I remember I saw it when I was a kid, and I was like, "Geez, this one's like stands out as being like, it's really in your face in, in all regards, you know. <laughs> and then there's a scene where they pull a guy's face off, isn't there? Yeah, and they chop an arm off, and um, there's all sorts of good stuff in there. <laughs> I always love the intestines and they pull out the intestines. That's like just a staple of zombie movies. It's always going to be like, you know, I've seen like the making of, you know, got like pig intestines in there and they'll make a fake prop and then you just pull, (laughs) it's going to pull them out and see, you'll see zombies eating fucking pig intestines, you know? Yeah. It's all very, very delightful, and I'm happy to talk about it. Yeah. You know, Halloween is a pretty scary time. It is. Do you have a favorite horror movie, though, at all? I mean, is there anything at all that comes to mind? Like, Night of the Living Dead, like the original one, the black and white one, I find that movie pretty creepy. But It is pretty creepy. For its day, it was, it was really... And that really set up the whole zombie franchise as we know it, you know, with the flesh eating. Like, before that, there was no flesh eating. It was all like... I was actually did a bit of study on it myself. It was all just voodoo stuff, not... You know, and then there was, there was no flesh eating at all. Yeah. So. Did did you do that studying for school? No, I just, I, I like to stay up at when I can't sleep at night, which I get insomnia sometimes, I'll look up random shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really do look at some random shit.
0: Well, look, I want to, uh, I want to listen to another song, man, and then we'll, uh, we'll keep talking. Or maybe I'll go to Florence, and then, and then we'll come back. But I want to listen to music first. Sure. Because this is, you know, Halloween, man, is a time of fear. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's, I guess
1: so. <laughs> 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 Fear and candy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> here's a, look, here's a track from uh, Grimlin. That's G-R-I-M-L-I-N. This is Phantomizer by Grimlin.
2: This force, this thing that lived inside of him came from a source too violent, too deadly for you to imagine it. It grew inside him, contaminating his soul. Pure evil. What makes
3: you think he'll come back here? This house is sacred to him. He has all his memories
2: here. His rage! Yes.
0: that was Grimlin with the track Phantomizer. And that was brought to you by my lovely Patreon supporters, Emilio Estevez, Christian James, Mike Shima, and Joey, and Kendra. I hope you all have a happy Halloween. And I'm back here with Marco. <laughs> hey, hey, everybody. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to do when, it's, you know, you have a Halloween show and it's just like, oh, and all I know what to do is just to come back from break and say happy Halloween. Mm. I hope that Emilio and Christian and Mike and Joey and Kendra get all the candy they want. I think I've really
1: had enough myself. You
0: know. Yeah, well, you know, candy is a delicious thing. So how about this, man? Mm-hmm. Let's go. Uh, I'm going to go chat with Florence and do uh, part two of our Star Trek The Next Generation show, and then uh, and then we'll uh, chat with you again. How about that? All right. Sounds great. All right, man. Here's Florence.
2: We're getting up.
0: And I'm here with Florence to continue our uh, Star Trek discussion, where you had me watch uh, certain Star Trek The Next Generation episodes, and last week we talked about Encounter at Farpoint, Skin of Evil, and uh, Measure of a Man. Before we move on, I just had a quick question about Measure of a Man. I just thought of this, but that dude wanted to take data apart to build more datas. What didn't make sense to me is they totally had access to his schematics, yeah. So why did that dude need to take him apart if his schematics were, like, on record? I don't know. Anyway. Uh, so, <laughs> d- <laughs> this one I just watched today, uh, this was a- an episode called Q Who? Question mark. So Q comes back, and then there's a part where Riker sort of runs down their previous encounters in some sort of expository dialogue, so I'm assuming there was either one or two more Q episodes before this one? Uh, yes. because they're doing that huh last time we met you said you weren't gonna blah 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 and then you turned Riker into you know like they're just listing off the stuff that happened before
1: after our last encounter I was asked to leave the Q Continuum since then I've been wandering vaguely bored really my existence without purpose then I remembered all the good times I had with you. The good times, the first time we met you, you put us on trial for the crimes of humanity. Of which you were exonerated. The next time we saw you, you asked me to join the Q Continuum. A big mistake that you didn't accept my offer.
0: I'm going to be honest with you, because I like sort of straightforward sci-fi, like sci-fi adventure kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So this might surprise you, but of all the episodes I watched, I think I like this one the best.
3: Really? Okay.
0: It was straightforward sci-fi. I really liked the introduction to the Borg. I liked the music in this episode. So it had some cool kind of sci-fi, like, synth music. And I thought the Borg was creepy. It kind of bugs me a bit because the Borg is essentially... There's a Doctor Who villain that is sort of a parallel to the Borg called the Cybermen. It's a similar premise. So they were invented in, like, the 60s. There's a parallel Earth. Not a parallel Earth. Like, Earth has a twin planet in the solar system. But they started to die. So they started to fit themselves with cybernetic parts. So essentially, they become a race of sort of scavenger cyborgs. They take humans. They graft their robot stuff to them. Mm -hmm. But they're full-on encased in robot suits. So you don't see what's underneath them. Like, they're robots. They... You know, they walk around, and they look different in every episode. So what ends up happening is Cybermen, they they travel the galaxy, and they just sort of take humans and make them like them. And, you know, they don't use the word assimilate, but that's what they're doing. They And, and then they basically just keep on going to other places. They're always sort of kind of scavenging and hobbling through the galaxy. They're never like a superpower. They're always just kind of going. But there's a creepiness to them because they essentially take human corpses to then put robot stuff onto basically when you think about the concept there are these robots that have a dead human inside and so that's a creepy idea so with the borg the borg is a similar concept except the borg has the hive mind thing Mm -hmm. and the borg sort of illustrates the the creepiness that i wish the cybermen did whereas you see that it's a fucking person but their skin's all white and they're essentially dead like and they've got all this fucking metal shit on them mm-hmm. even though I, I look you know like the Doctor Who version I think the Borg shows the horror of it more yeah because it's right in your face that's a fucking person that's like not alive anymore and you can still see their face mm-hmm. so I like that so then these Borgs show up and then they're like shooting a little green electricity at the computer screens and absorbing the information <laughs> Mm-hmm. And then you if you kill one, like just another Borg just shows up and just keeps continuing the task that the other one was doing. Yep. Like I thought that was cool, and I like the music, like I said.
3: Yeah, they got they have cool costumes. They have like like a bunch of shit all over them and like little moving parts and lasers.
0: I, I like that. And the only weird thing about the episode, and maybe there was some payoff in a later episode, but they introduced some new girl called Sonia, who's like this really excitable cadet who spills fucking chocolate milk on uh, Picard.
3: Spoiler alert: Sonia never shows up again.
0: She doesn't. She does not. Like in terms of like my my screenwriter brain, I'm like, uh-huh. oh, they're fucking gonna convert her like for sure like that's perfect you introduce some new excitable character and then she has to sacrifice herself and then later on in the episode she shows up and she's got Borg shit on her and then you understand what the Borg does because you you see a recognizable character get converted and I'm like oh that's totally what she's here for and it turns out mm-hmm. she's just there to literally spill chocolate milk on Picard and then in one scene act all worried and Geordi's like don't worry about that we got to focus on the mission like shut up Sonya <laughs> And like that was it. So that's her whole function.
3: Yeah, I I don't know. I feel like maybe they brought her in because they wanted to give Jordy like a love interest, and then it just never happened or something. Mm. I. I didn't. This is another thing I did not look into, so I have no idea what happened. But I don't think she shows up in any more episodes. But if she did show up in another one, like it d- doesn't matter. Like yeah. that was the only episode that
0: she reminded me. She she sounded like Sarah Silverman. <laughs> That's all I noticed. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like yeah. this the Sonia character. But anyway, so so then she spills some chocolate milk on Picard, and then. Q kidnaps him and cleans his shirt, and then Whoopi Goldberg has some weird feelings. Another thing is, like, Q always calls him Picard. Picard, yeah. Yeah, he's always like, Picard. Like, oh, what Picard? You know, he really emphasizes, like, the Picard. Yep. Anyway, he wants to join the Enterprise, and then they don't want him to, so he gets pissed, and he, like, shoots their ship a few light years away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then they get approached by a space cube. And that's the Borg. And that's the Borg. And it was an interesting idea. Q basically says, like, I'm going to send you far and you're going to see some terrors. And essentially it was, like, an interesting way to introduce the Borg. Because it's almost like you're being introduced to a character before you're supposed to be introduced to them. And that was also, like, the point of the episode. Yeah. So it's, it's an interesting idea. But then again, like a lot of Star Trek episodes, it's a complete anticlimax at the end. Where it's like, all right, Q, get us out of here. Okay. You know, and then <laughs> yeah. then they just do. And then it's like, okay. And then they're,
3: yeah, I mean, the whole point is that it like set it up for more Borg episodes because then they're like, oh shit, the Borg actually know who they are now. Mm -hmm. So the Borg's gonna, they're gonna look for them. The whole Borg story arc is really, it's cool. It's really good. But for our purposes today, it was more episodes for you to watch. Yeah. And you have to watch all of them. All of the Borg ones, if you want to get into it.
0: So yeah, I love I love the commitment of any science fiction show. Like it's always an undertaking, especially when fans start getting a hold of you. It's like, well, you have to watch at least fucking seventy eight episodes to truly. uh... Anyway, look, uh, we gotta <laughs> we gotta listen to some music on this uh, Halloween episode. Although this isn't really Halloween themed too much, but whatever. So here's a track from Ocean Side eighty five, and this is. They live! was They Live by Oceanside85 and I am here right now with Florence and we're talking about Star Trek and we just talked about the episode Q Who but what I was going to say before uh, we started listening to that track was oftentimes you know you you have shows and the standout episodes aren't always what the show is like what's the best way to say this like okay again I I always have to do parallels to Doctor Who. That's how I'm going to compare this show. There's recurring villains in Doctor Who. Over like the 50 years, there's, there's episodes where he's got his main antagonist dude who's like the same race as him, but he's like the evil version, and he's got the Cyberman and the Daleks and some other ones that always show up. But oftentimes, the best episodes, the ones that stand out, that you would tell someone like, this is a great one you should watch, don't always involve the signature things of the show. You know it's like it's like with Doctor Who it's like oh he's a guy who travels in his ship and this is what he does every episode but the greatest episode is the one where he loses his ship and it's not in it for the whole sh- you know like it's stuff like that
3: Yeah the the stuff that it, it interrupts the the flow or not the flow but it it interrupts the norms mm. so it just makes it more interesting
0: It's how I feel about the Celerect LA Dreams as music <laughs> It's like my favorite tracks of his are I mean, he, all of his songs are good, but they all sort of have the same kind of vibe. It's like, these are Celeract L.A. Dream songs, and my favorite ones is always the one on each album that, like, is different.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so it's weird, because if I told someone, here are the best Celeract L.A. Dream songs, they would not necessarily be indicative of Celeract L.A. Dream's style so much. Mm-hmm. That's my synthwave example. There you go. So yeah, so that happens with Doctor Who. Like a lot of the times on people's top ten lists, they're these sort of weird outlier episodes of like, oh, you know that weird one where the Doctor's not even in it. Like with the new series, the episode that people love the most is an episode that the Doctor's hardly in, mm-hmm. and that's like the premise of the show is like it's sort of an adventure featuring these other characters that have to find him. But it's like the best one of like the new series, and so it's weird to say like the best episode doesn't even have the main character of the show in it. But I find That, yeah, with with Star Trek, because I imagine the episodes you told me to watch are these standouts, but then there's a good chance that the ones I'm going to end up liking the best are just the straightforward, like, it's the one where the Borg shows up and they got to get him away, you know, and that it's just like a straightforward, like, anyway. The
3: cool thing about that I really liked about Next Gen that I didn't like about the original series with. Next Generation, there are kind of those callbacks. So like, Q will show up every now and then. Mm-hmm. You don't need to watch but you should watch other episodes to get kind of the full context to other episodes. And that that just didn't happen in the original series. And I, I liked that idea mm-hmm. a lot. Definitely Federation Starship. Accessing Registry. Looks like they had a rough ride. NCC 1701 C. USS Enterprise.
0: Next episode I watched was from season three, mm-hmm. and it was called Yesterday's Enterprise.
3: Yeah, this is my favorite one. I really like time loop episodes where like, they go back in time and... Or they go into the future and their actions in that time will affect the like the normal time that they're from. So that's what this was. And Tasha's back.
0: Yeah, no, this was interesting because the story, I expected it. Again, sometimes I go into these episodes because Star Trek isn't a super like emotional program. Mm-hmm. I often would go into them thinking like, here's the way they're going to milk this for maximum emotional effect. And they never really did, with the exception of maybe that Inner Light one. Of the episodes I watched. Of the episodes I watched. Yes. So this episode, in particular, Yesterday's Enterprise, I knew it was called Yesterday's Enterprise, and I knew Yar would be in it because that Anthony guy told me to watch Skin of Evil. <laughs> he says, well, you should probably watch Skin of Evil first. I'm like, hmm, why do I have to watch the episode where she dies first, you know? Yeah. Again, with Doctor Who, Doctor Who is a time travel show, so it always features a lot of weird time paradox things and stuff happen a lot in that show.
3: Yeah, maybe I should just watch Doctor Who.
0: <laughs> it's something they play with more in the new series of Doctor Who. The old show was pretty straightforward because it started in the sixties. Right. With a lot of old Doctor Who episodes, they would like take an hour just to explain a premise that we take for granted now. Mm-hmm. Cause like, you know, we understand parallel world stories now where you don't even need to set it up. But in Doctor Who and like the you know nineteen seventy I think 71 has like a parallel earth episode mm-hmm. which is actually like a really great one but they literally it's like the it's like they're introducing the concept for the first time and so it takes them like an hour to go like you mean this is another world where people oh look God. the same but they're slightly different and like it, it goes to the point where you're like yeah we know what this is like it's a and it, it takes them so long to explain it <laughs> so with this episode again this is just my expectations going into it I kind of expected more how about this let's listen to a song and then and then I will explain myself because I know people love this one so I think I'm going to have to do some explanation but here is a cool track from Glen Maine this is Neon Ghost That was Neon Ghost by Glenn Maine on this Halloween episode where we're also taking a detour to talk about Star Trek and not Halloween at all. And I'm here with Florence and we're talking about Star Trek. We're talking about the episode Yesterday's Enterprise. And so I'm just going to get right into this because I had... This is going to get super nerdy really fucking quick. So for this episode, I think I just... I kind of wanted it to just be more detailed or, or more complex timeline or, or something because like okay so the story starts out and there is like there's this other Enterprise. The Enterprise C Yeah so th- then Whoopi Goldberg gets a weird feeling and then we shoot to another version of the Enterprise where it's dark like they got the lights off in their cockpit. <laughs> Sorry the bridge. <laughs> they got the lights off in the bridge because this is the alternate universe Enterprise. Mm-hmm. But since the episode starts with two Enterprises facing each other I was like, oh, this is going to be cool, because the other Enterprise is going to be an alternate timeline Enterprise, and they're meeting each other, and then one of them isn't going to remember this happened because of the time paradox, because there's a lot of Doctor Who episodes where they acknowledge that if the Doctor meets himself, that the one in the past doesn't remember it happening, Mm -hmm. so that they can actually have an adventure with each other. So I went into this one thinking that was what was going to happen, right? Like, this is the past Enterprise, this is the future Enterprise, and then since Yar was in it, oh, for sure this is going to be great, because the old Enterprise that knows that they lost Yar are going to be sad to see her again. And then wouldn't it be really emotional if they had to sacrifice her again? But knowing, knowing now... That she died before, mm-hmm. it would make it even more impactful to understand that she's got to die again. Yeah. There's an episode of Doctor Who where the doctor's companion, it turns out that she he invites her to travel with her. This is in the new series. And she agrees. She goes, I'll travel with you. And then you find out the reason is because her dad died when she was a kid and she really wanted the doctor to go back in time so she could change it. Uh-huh. And then what ends up happening is these fucking characters that make no sense show up these like CGI dragon things that correct time loop problems. Huh. It, it makes no sense. But at the end of the episode, it turns out that the car that hit the dad keeps circling the church that they're in, and so the only way to write the time loop is the dad has to go back outside and get hit by the car. But except he acknowledges that he has to do it. Mm-hmm. So he essentially, so it's like a nice sad ending where he like he gets to meet his daughter grown up. Because she was a baby when he died, and then he could, he sacrifices himself, and then thanks her for the few extra hours he got. So it's an emotional show. Mm-hmm. So I was expecting that with this one. Okay, but then what happened was it was more of just like a parallel universe that we're seeing for some reason.
3: Well, no. So, well, I don't know. Maybe you got this, but so when the Enterprise C comes back in time, Right, time changes. So the Enterprise that we all know and love changes into this time of they're at war right. with the Klingons
0: because the Enterprise C... So the Enterprise C that flies out and comes in contact with the Enterprise... Yeah. Did it even come in contact with the Enterprise, or did it come in contact with the alternate universe Enterprise?
3: Well, when it came in contact with the Enterprise, it changed the the timeline.
0: Right. See, but <laughs> that's a, that's the thing that I, I have a sort of problem. Like I feel like there's a weird time discrepancy with that.
3: No, no, because because
0: I get it. It goes in the future. Yeah,
3: since the Enterprise C went through the time portal. Yes. And there was this ongoing war. In that, the ongoing war yes. timeline, yeah, I get it. Tasha
0: Tasha lives. But that ongoing war yeah. started decades earlier.
3: Yeah, it started when the Enterprise C left its timeline to go meet the Enterprise D.
0: But in, in this version, Enterprise with the lights off, <laughs> yeah. Tasha Yar says to that dude she falls in love with, that like she's just been on board for 4 weeks. No. Yeah, she has she, a, she has a line. That. She had a line that she was like I've I, I I like it's not like she was there for years.
3: No, I think she says 4 years.
0: Did she say 4 years?
3: I'm pretty sure she says 4 years. Uh-oh. Because it's it's season 4.
0: All right, I'll look this up.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm fairly positive she says 4 years. I don't think she says months because that wouldn't make any sense. Well, You're right.
0: How long have you been on board? 4, four years? years?
3: out of the Academy.
0: This is so weird to articulate, but it's like, this alternate timeline was created the moment the Enterprise-C left. Yeah. Right. So then this alternate timeline universe, we didn't have to just see it now, uh-huh. right? Because technically speaking, the second it left, the timeline was different for like 20 years or however long it was. Mm-hmm. So I think my issue with the episode was that since it starts with the normal Enterprise and Whoopi Goldberg gets a weird feeling, I thought there was going to be more to the fact that there's a reason why we're seeing this alternate timeline now. But there really isn't because that alternate timeline has existed for years the second that ship left. So it was like a weird red herring. It was like, why are we like this story could have been shown at any point in history because the alternate timeline, they solved the problem themselves. Mm -hmm. Right? With the help of Whoopi Goldberg. So, Whoopi Goldberg was able to communicate with the other version. So, maybe that's the reason because it's like the timeline lined up at that point. So, Whoopi Goldberg could... Okay. No, I get it. Yeah. Because the portal is there. And Whoopi Goldberg senses weirdness through the portal. Mm -hmm. And on the other end of that portal is the alternate timeline. And in that moment in time, Whoopi Goldberg is able to make the other Whoopi Goldberg feel weird enough to tell Yar that she's supposed to be dead.
3: I don't think there are two of them. It just changes the timeline.
0: But the timeline didn't change at that moment.
3: Yes, it did. <laughs>
0: oh my <God>. Right, but <laughs> but if the timeline... Okay, it changes at that moment, but then it affected 20 years... Okay, look, uh, let's listen to another song. <laughs> and then we'll, uh, we'll keep going, okay? So here is uh, a cool track from Ulyssio, and this is The Dark... Labyrinth. And that was The Dark Labyrinth by Ulyssio. And I'm here right now with Florence. Uh, we're talking about Star Trek. We're talking about the episode Yesterday's Enterprise, which I seem to have problems grasping. So, look, let's just rewind this to the, the start, okay? So, at the beginning, there's the Enterprise, right? Yes. The normal Enterprise, I'm calling it. Normal, okay, yeah. Then they come in contact with a ship. Yeah. But then at that moment... In the alternate universe, the Dark Enterprise mm-hmm. is also in the exact same place as the other Enterprise was.
3: No, no, no. So, when the Enterprise C, this is the old Enterprise, when that goes through the portal, there's this shot. There's this one shot of where you see, like, normal Picard. Yes. In, the, in and then everything just kind of like shakes a little bit and it changes right then and there to the dark timeline.
0: Right, but then the ships are in the same place.
3: Right, exactly. Because in that moment, the light at Enterprise doesn't exist because it changed to this like war timeline. Right,
0: So, but then if if the war timeline existed, why was the dark Enterprise parked in the exact same place that the old Enterprise was? because presuming is a coincidence? Cause, No, cuz we're presuming that 20 years of war has happened which completely changed the trajectory of all of time in this universe. So then I why is the Enterprise there?
3: Coincidence. I think that's just a coincidence. I think that's my because problem that because that's the point where they meet the Enterprise C. So like maybe that's w- the point where it everything lines up. I, I don't I don't know.
0: Seek is in my version of this story. <laughs> there just would have been two enterprises they would have been like why the fuck are we in the same place as the this other enterprise and then like evil picard would have been talking to good picard and uh, not that he was evil but you know yeah but it, it just seemed weird because we see this other universe that there's just these like kind of weird changes but then the other universe sort of solves the problem themselves and then makes the timeline correct yeah. And then I think they missed an opportunity for an emotional send-off because the second Yar gets on that other ship, essentially sacrificing herself again, they just do a hard cut, which is an interesting idea. Mm-hmm. Like, essentially speaking, like, once that ship goes back in time, everything corrects itself, so there's no crazy shootout at the end or explosion. It's just, once the timeline's rectified, everything just pops back into place. So, like, yeah, it's a cool idea, but it's also anticlimactic at the same time. Sure. <laughs> She fell in love with the bad guy from Dirty Work. What's that actor's name?
3: I recognized his face though. Yeah.
0: He's he's like he, he always plays like smarmy bad guy in some comedies in like the 90s. What the f- His name's Christopher something, I think. And then they had another captain lady and she got some shrapnel to the head.
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah, she had a big piece of, like, something in her skull.
0: I think I figured what the key issue is. Guinan seems to be the one person that's sensitive to the fact that time has sort of altered. Mm -hmm. But my question is, since that alternate timeline has existed for 20 years, why does she only feel weird now? I don't know. (laughs) I get that from our perspective as viewers, we're seeing the switch happen, and then it still doesn't make sense why the Enterprise is in the same place, but whatever. Yeah. But then Guinan feels all weird about it, and she's like, oh, something's wrong, something's wrong. But presumably, that universe has already lived through that timeline for 20 years. So was she like every day going like something's wrong, something's
3: wrong? Probably not. <laughs> Maybe the timeline didn't exist. Until that moment. Does that make sense?
0: But then in that timeline, they have been at this war for 20 years.
3: I guess.
0: Right? So to us as viewers, we understand that the switch just happened. But to them, they've been living that reality for 20 years. Yeah. So for her to just all of a sudden be like, oh, something's wrong here. Like, yeah, something's been wrong in your dimension for 20 years.
3: I don't know. I can't explain it. I think that you're thinking a little too hard about it.
0: Hey, man. You, you fucked with the wrong nerd,
1: Florence. I know.
3: <laughs> Fucking with all the wrong nerds here about Star Trek. Oh, my God. There's so many people who have so many comments.
0: No one is going to enjoy the conversation we just had. <laughs>
3: Really glad that we had it, though, Andy. <laughs> it was a good conversation. At least to me.
0: Put it this way, like, I've seen lots of parallel universe episodes yeah. of science fiction.
3: You you know, you've you've thought about this a lot harder because you are more with Doctor Who. Right,
0: but in the other ones I've seen, there's like there's a reason why we're seeing it at that moment mm-hmm. to go back to this one doctor who episode in the 70s like he teleports to this other parallel earth that's on the verge of destroying itself and and but it's happening at the the same moment that our earth is about to engage in that same experiment mm-hmm. and so the doctor's able to see how that destroyed earth and he can come back and be like hey man don't go through with this because the parallel earth was like one week ahead of you uh in terms of the progress of this experiment and it blew them up so i
3: get it i get it i think i think it's in this case it's just a coincidence okay that's what happens
0: is a nerd gonna write me a big long letter now and be like maybe well of course of course it's gonna be the same guy
3: they're either gonna write you a big long letter (laughs) or me a big long letter
0: yeah those letters are the best man oh (laughs) yeah anyway we got to uh we got to stop for this week. So, uh I hope you have a I hope you have a lovely weekend. You got any uh, Halloween plans?
3: Uh yeah, actually I do. Um Dance of the Dead is playing at the Roxy in Los Angeles, and I'm going to go to that show. And uh my good friend Face Hugger is opening for them and I might sing something on stage with him. Ooh. Yeah. Cool. Should be a fun time.
0: Well, people should go see that. Is that literally like today, the 27th?
3: No, it's um it's literally on Halloween.
0: Oh. All right, so people should go see that if they live in LA.
3: Yeah. Good luck getting to the Roxy, though, because that area is fucking
0: stupid on Halloween.
3: But whatever. I'm going to do it. It'll be fun.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like fun. All right. Well, you have fun uh, if you uh, sing a song and uh, otherwise just enjoy the show because that should be a good time. Yeah. And happy Halloween. Ooh, you too, Andy. Alright, and that was my conversation with Florence about Star Trek. Uh, nerds are going to be mad about that, but that's okay. Oh, I should say that that segment was brought to you by lovely Patreon supporter Ken Giroux,
1: Hampus ML, and Chatterack. Uh, those people are all cool. I hope you guys have a happy Halloween. Do you have a special Patreon thing this, this week? I'm just curious. With the 666 thing, some a rather special one, I think, obviously being uh, the time of year it is, you know? Marco, you're blowing it, man. It's a surprise when the blood moon rises. Now, <laughs> Was I'm gonna so happen.
0: I uh, was gonna happen after the next song. Now you're fucking <laughs> bringing well, it up. we just early. cut
1: that out then. I don't know. You're the fucking edit. That's your specialty, editing. Cut it out. I don't know. Now everyone's <laughs> gonna be like, "Oh, they know it's coming." There's no more surprise. The point is yeah. that we're
0: gonna uh, listen to another track. Alrighty. Do you have something Halloweeny to say before I play it? You're gonna
1: love this ghastly track.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 All you listeners are gonna love this ghastly track. All right, I dig
0: that. <laughs> this ghastly track. <laughs> Here's uh, this is Levinsky from the album Method to Madness, and this is psychosexuality. That was Psychosexuality by Levinsky on this Halloween Halloween. episode of Beyond Synth, episode 169 here with marco yes i'm still here guys yeah i was brought to you by my lovely patreon supporters uh you know you can support uh beyond synth go to beyondsynth.com and click on the support the show button uh like my my awesome patrons do and of course we'll never forget the immortal chrysalia lane with the 1111 and um do you do you hear that hear what oh marco yes there's a blood moon rising <laughs> <God>. <laughs> what am I supposed to say?
1: <laughs> wow! <laughs> You're like holy fuck, man! It's the blood moon. <laughs> is that what you want me to say? Well, it's done. All right. <laughs> this is the donation
0: of the beast. <laughs> Everybody, you know what that means. This is when we thank all the lovely Patreon supporters who donate 666. And on this Halloween, the number of Satan is the number of the day. And so I'd like to thank everybody who donates to the Beyond Synth Patreon, but especially right now, my Donation of the Beast friends, Tomasz Szymanek. Alexandro Samaras, Luke BTD, Ross Pentland, Moose Nux, Rob Dyson, Street Cleaner, hey, he was just on the show a few weeks ago, Orlando Rodriguez, Nafe, Till Wild, Straylight, Carm. Love Machines from Ix, Rentenbrax, Philip Back, and Peninaro. Thank you all for supporting Beyond
1: Synth with the number of the bees. Beast. 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 Got <laughs> some great supporters, Annie, some great patrons. They keep the lights on, except today
0: we have the <laughs> lights off because of the devil. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, you're <a> funny, Kent. <laughs> 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 this is kind of cool being part of this show. I like, I'm enjoying this. <laughs> yeah, I'm, a, I'm a foolish,
0: foolish man. The point is <laughs> oh, this. Too. How about we go and chat with Gregorio Franco? And by we, I mean me. I will, uh, and then when we're done talking to him, we'll uh, come back and say goodbye with Marco. How about that? Is that cool? Sounds good to me. Now it's time to go chat. With Gregorio Franco I got some tea here, man I'm gonna take a sip of it Although it's sweetened with stevia
4: Stevia Man, it almost comes back to tea for
0: us Oh, that a thing that happened last time? Yeah,
4: the whole orange pico thing You remember that? Oh, <laughs>
0: see, I have so many <laughs> stupid conversations with people No, I know It's hard to like, it's like Was that with this person? And of course then if someone ever says Oh, we talked about Goldeneye on the show And be like Oh, shit, that was you and, you know, a 100 other guests
4: that I... Oh, no, I know. It's the same thing with bartending for me. Like, I'll I'll meet, like, hundreds of people every weekend, and then I don't remember what half of them said to me or their names or anything, and then they'll come up to me next weekend.
0: Like, hey, man, you're my best
4: friend. I don't know who you are, man.
0: Well, I know who you are. You are Gregorio Franco. Yeah. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween to you, too. Today's a Halloween show. So I thought uh, it would be cool to have uh, you back on the show because you make some darker stuff. That's how simple my brain is. <laughs> so nice to hear from you again. And uh, yeah, but people hear your name every week because you are a, uh, one of the big supporters of Beyond Synth. Yeah, man.
4: I love doing it. I love being able to do it.
0: Well, I, uh, I thank you very much. But uh, today we're going to focus on you, the man, the myth, the myth. Do they say that? Do they say the myth?
4: Myth. Myth.
0: Myth. (laughs) Yeah, that that word sounds weird now. (laughs) Let's just say the words over and over again, and maybe we'll conjure something. Yeah, you know how you say a word
4: over and over so many times that it just loses its meaning, and you don't understand it anymore? Is there a word for that? There's got to be. It's probably in German or something. That's (laughs) reich Yeah, probably. I mean, there's a lot of... um, words and other languages that have a definition like they they describe there's one that just describes like a a profound state of depression that one can only find after losing so many people in their life and it's just one word it's like gush or something i just don't know what it is like, there's way there's there's a bunch of languages have those words that we just don't have a word for we have to say out the whole paragraph like this is what happened
0: yeah, Grisblokka language- either means that or the sound a fruit makes when it hits the ground. Exactly. There are a lot of words in English. Because I remember I was having this argument with my mom. She's French. Mm. She was trying to tell me that French has more words. And I remember reading the trivia, I guess, <laughs> that the English language has the most words. And so I'm like, I don't think you're right. So sometimes there's other languages that have like a poetry to the way they use their language. But English has the most words. I think if, I'm, if if this is still correct it just has the most words right like so while because English it keeps on inventing new words right and they have to keep on pushing things out of the dictionary whereas like you know there's a lot of words now where if you speak another language you just use the English word for the thing like email for example like countries and stuff where they'll just say email or you know it, like stuff like that because yeah. sometimes with other languages like French as well because that's the only one I really know they might have a more poetic way of saying things but French sentences always take longer to say that you have to say a bunch of things you know maybe as richer but at the same time if you just want to get to the point like i always do because i'm a to the point guy what's the word see fuck now this is gonna be a whole like english language lesson episode it's a myth well look it's halloween yes I don't know. Should I make that sound creepier? <laughs> See, I don't know if I want to play this episode like it's all dreary and like, welcome to the mansion, or if it's like... Uh, like like Trip Keeper? Yeah, or if, or if we're like jacked up on sugar kind of thing. You know, like let's fucking, let's up the, the energy <laughs> level here. Yeah, 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 yeah.
4: Let's go. Let's go, man. Yeah. How
0: have you been? When was the last time I talked to you? It was like the, before last like a, year's season. Yeah, it was around. like a year ago, right? Yeah.
4: Yeah, it was a year ago. Uh, it was like uh, last fall. So right around... Uh, yeah, right around a year, I guess ago, huh? What has happened in the interim? So much, so much that has happened, man. Last time we talked, I had just bought a house with my girl, mm. and we've been living there for a little while. We got a couple of puppies.
0: Obviously, I'm sure that
4: uh, I'm sure that Florence has talked to you about them once or twice.
0: Yeah, she th- she says, Gregorio Franco has the cutest puppies. She's not
4: wrong. <laughs> they are the best. I love them so much, even though sometimes they drive me insane.
0: That's what puppies do, man. But uh, the unconditional love one receives from a dog creates a powerful bond. You see, I'm a cat guy because I don't have time. Uh, I get that. When I see dog people, it's just like I totally understand it. But it's like you got to do stuff.
4: Yeah, that's true. But so much you get back in return, man.
0: Because it's like what you want out of life because you give what you get. And so with cats, it's like the ratio is of give and get is the same. It's like this little thing that just sort of walks around the house. that's sort of with contempt for you. But then,
4: yeah, sometimes it lets you pet it.
0: Sometimes it, it'll rub on you and then maybe bite you. See, When people say that to me and they're just like, yeah, but cats are little assholes. I'm like, yeah, but then you don't have to expend too much of your emotional energy in return. So it's like if you want to give it your all, that's up to you. But if it like why I like cats is because they're sort of aloof and they kind of come and go. And it's like all right, like I'll I'll be friendly to you while you're around. And if you go out the back door and like leave for a day, it's like all right, whatever.
4: It is pretty much a, what you see is what you get with cats most of the time. Yeah, they're just they're just kind of there. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes they're extra there in your face on yep. your laptop. Yeah, trying to eat your stuff whatever that may be see, also too, the thing Knocking that, stuff over
0: and the thing about cats see my last cat was actually really in a weird way like she was crazy but she was very careful with the way she walked so she could jump up on the computer table and her feet like she'd run over the keyboard but her feet wouldn't touch the keys it was pretty remarkable uh but she was also insane so like she had there was like a <laughs> dichotomy that was going on but the thing about cats is i also i think uh, they're less sympathetic because they look more evil
4: possibly I think they actually are evil though i think that's what that is
0: (laughs) but see because when i visit friends who have dogs and we're eating dinner and a dog walks up and looks at you it's like i actually feel bad like and i'm like oh fine you know like you're like scraping food off the plate for the dog and it looks so sad but it's so much easier to just dismiss a cat you know, like when a cat walks up, it's like, meow, and you look down, and it's just like Satan looking at you? That is true. Again, what you see is what you get. Yeah.
4: <laughs> cats, man, they're going to get what they want to get. They're going to treat you how they want to treat you, and that's pretty much the end of it.
0: <laughs> like a lady, am I right? High five. Hey.
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, with dogs, you know, they give what you give them back tenfold all yeah. the time.
0: No, I get it. I I completely understand it, and people need love.
4: Yes. Unless when it's Halloween, then they need to be scared.
0: That's right. So let's fucking play some music. Uh, of course, Gregorio Franco is here, so we're going to listen to some Gregorio Franco tunes. Uh, so this was from, uh, we're going to go with the last release, Quantum Memories, and then we're going to move forward to the new one, Ooh, Apocalypse Prime, but we're going
2: to...
0: Yeah, this is me trying to inject scary into this. So here's a cool track. This is, uh, you say like Larvata, like that? Larvata. Yes. Larvata. This is Larvata. Bry. <laughs> Pry (laughs) Gregorio Franco. By Gregorio Franco. that was Gregorio Franco with the track Larvata. And I'm here with Gregorio Franco right now on this very spooky Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) What does Larvata mean?
4: All the names from quantum memories coincide with an ancient calendar. It's kind of like an ancient Zodiac calendar. So Larvata is a name of one of the pieces of that Zodiac in the calendar. It's like A mixture between ancient Greek and Egyptian it's right around the time where the lines between their two religions were getting kind of blurred like they were doing a lot of trade and stuff like that so there was a lot of times where things would take on certain meanings or different translations for the same thing it's like how you know the Roman pantheon and the Greek pantheon are essentially the same gods they just have different names it's kind of like that
0: but since this is the way like the calendar is broken up so are these the equivalent to months or sun signs or something else. It's more
4: like it's more like sun signs really, but a lot of them have different modes in a older calendar style.
0: So it's like in Mortal Kombat when you like switch fighting styles. Yeah. So like
4: Lavada is basically smoke. You have to unlock him. <laughs> smoke, smoke. My favorite Mortal Kombat character until Cyber Sub-Zero with Mortal Kombat X.
0: Sometimes my taste is so predictable or like cheesy, you know? Like I, my favorite character is Scorpion. You know, it's like, and that's like the most popular Mortal Kombat character.
4: Yeah, but he's awesome. So whatever. Fuck it, man.
0: Yeah, no, he is cool. But they did this weird thing with him in the new game where like they made him human again, which I found distracting and weird. Yeah,
4: that game was a little weird.
0: Like the game itself is good. Like, and it it still is like one of the best looking fighting games I've ever played. Yeah. I wish they would take that graphical style and remaster the last one. I never
4: played the last one.
0: Mortal Kombat like 2011, just that one.
4: No, I didn't play that one. What? The last one I played was like, yeah, the last one I played was uh, MK4. Oh, dude. And then like all, I skipped all the way to Mortal Kombat XL. I I really didn't like fighting games that much for a while.
0: No, see, I don't either. But I, for me, like I love Mortal Kombat and I love the lore of it. Yeah. Uh, Mortal Kombat 2011. Is uh is really good. Like it was a really cool game, and it was and the story mode is great. Mm. Like if you ever find it on sale, right? It's not on PS4 though. I just want them to do a remaster or something because for the story mode itself, like if it's ever a game you see for like ten bucks, what else can you get it on?
4: Can you get it on like uh, Xbox
0: or something? Like you can play it on Steam or whatever, but just PS4. They don't have. There's no like remastered version. Not yet, anyways.
4: I don't know. They're still trying to milk MKXL. Yeah. I don't blame them too. That game is huge still.
0: I have, like, one friend I play it with, so this is one friend I see once every, like, three or four months, and we have a few rounds, and that's pretty much all I do with that game. But the last one was cool because it just encompassed the first three Mortal Kombat games and then told the story in a cinematic way. Oh, that's right. So it was cool because they had the altered timeline thing, so Raiden went back in time and then uh, tries to change history so they don't lead to the apocalypse like what happened in the previous game and then in doing so certain things got changed so then like Mm -hmm. Sub-Zero got taken and then he got turned into Cyber Sub-Zero instead of Smoke. Nobody really... focuses on lore a lot with that game, but it it does have some cool stories in it. No, it's awesome. I mean, it's ridiculous, but I mean, like it's... yeah. It's awesome. So that game was cool because they didn't invent any new or weird characters. Like, that game was all just about, let's take all the classic characters from the first three games, bring them into this new fighting style, and and it looked cool, and they just told the story of, like, the actual tournament with all the same locations from the original games, and anyway, it it was cool. I really liked it. The new one, Mortal Kombat XL, like, it looks great, and I like the way it plays, and I love I love the sound design in the Mortal Kombat games, especially like Mm -hmm. I play other fighting games and I find the hits so unsatisfying. It's like when you play Call of Duty on all the guns make like little pop noises and there's like this bullet hit sound. It's just like, (laughs) yeah,
4: that's more realistic, though, especially with those kinds of games. Uh, At least I think so. I'm not a COD player myself, but well, I just find it unsatisfying. It doesn't hit like it doesn't have a punch
0: enough for you. Like it doesn't have enough oomph. It's like it's not cinematic or anything. For cinema, you want you want cool, big sounding weapons that feel cool to use, and like that's true. You need some base explosions in there, man. Yeah, man. Then that, and then, yeah, like Mortal Kombat. It's like the new ones. It's like the punches all have like this nice. The impact is just really satisfying, and so it's like it's it's cool. Um, anyway, that's my. Story it was
4: like that since two, I think, since two when they like added like the the sprays of blood and stuff. Like it always just felt like it felt really visceral, and Mortal Kombat was always about really visceral action
0: that's why i like it man and because it's very silly
4: yes it is i like robots see, but still and halloween related and we are on topic my dude
0: hey let's see it can happen with extreme focus <laughs> so why this ancient calendar like were you just doing like a internet deep dive and stumbled upon a thing or are you some weird occult guy
4: actually i took the names of those songs from that ancient calendar because i wrote an entire story behind Quantum memories. It's essentially based in a different solar system far in the future. There's a whole story about how the character that you play. Oh, and also, I'm trying to write a uh, pen and paper role playing game based on this story.
0: How does that work? You know what? Let's listen to another song, because this sounds like a deep question. Yes. Because I've never really played a pen and paper role-playing game. I wanted, I may have mentioned this on the show before, but I had a few people that we were going to do like a D&D game, and I was going to record it. Yeah. Uh, but it was going to be science fiction D&D, so that I could like edit in sound effects and make like a little radio play out of whatever we did.
4: If you ever do that, please, <laughs> please talk to me, because that sounds random. <laughs>
0: Well, I think it would be fun, like to do an actual D and D game for real and then take the audio, edit in ambiences, and so it's like you're in a spaceship and there's actually like spaceship noise in the background and whenever there's fights, like you hear the lasers and um, <sighs> yeah, I, I think, think that would be right that would be a lot of fun. But the dialogue is still the genuine audio from just playing the game. So if people are laughing or whatever, like that's still included in the the thing so it's part game part yeah that sounds right yeah i think it would be funny well look yeah. we're gonna to listen to this track now sem debt by gregorio franco so let's do it sorry this is a terrible intro to a song uh, this is sem debt by gregorio franco Was Gregorio Franco with the track Semdet, and I am here on this very spooky Halloween with Gregorio Franco. <laughs> I'll add some reverb to that. I hope so. It deserves it. You were talking about creating a pen and paper role-playing game. Yeah,
4: so that's kind of the only reason why this album exists. I wanted to write music that went along with the game that... and a friend of mine were working on. So it's, you know, it's set in the future in another solar system and I kind of wanted it to feel like... you ever play Mass Effect? Any of those games? Oh yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That was probably like my favorite series from last gen. I wanted it to feel
4: kind of like the world of Mass Effect to where there's a lot of stuff that's updated and there's a lot of futuristic technology but it still doesn't feel as fantastic as, say, like, even though I love it as like uh, Star Trek The Next Generation where almost everything is almost perfect it still feels like a world that's lived in and a world that's kind of older and in this universe that me and my buddy created the religions that people follow in that world the gods are real and they really affect the situations that happen within the solar system and a lot of the names of these songs are sons and daughters and demigods within the pantheon of Antaeus which is the name of the system and also the name of the main deity within the
0: religion explain to me because I don't really understand How pen and paper role playing games work. So when you say you want to make one, is there like just sort of set D and D rules, or when you like create a pen and paper role playing game, are you established? Like, what are you establishing exactly besides the universe that the game takes place in and the types of characters you can be? Like, is there still a framework where it's like we're still going to use this same dice that we use for the other ones? Like, what do you actually do when you create one?
4: You can use a whole lot of different systems. There's a lot of games that are built on different systems. Like, you can use the systems that are in D&D, or you can use a system that's in a different edition of D&D, or you can use like the Cyberpunk 2020 system, or you can use a new one. There's all sorts of systems that you can use, and we haven't decided on one yet.
0: So you're just working on lore right now?
4: Yeah, see, I'm more of the lore man. I'm more of the story guy, and the other buddy I'm working with, he's more of the technical framework that you're talking about.
0: So what does that mean, though? Like, If you took a D&D system, would you just be like, the elves in this game are... Morlock signs or whatever, you know, but they, but they function as if it's an elf. It would be a lot more in depth than that. So you would be making up a new thing like this race does this and they've got this many points, not to diminish it. I'm just trying to figure it out.
4: No, no, no. It'd be super in depth and we would change absolutely everything about how you interact with the world, what you do when you see a certain thing, there'll be elements of a bunch of different kinds of games in this game, because since it's futuristic, there's a lot of future technology and also religion is real then there are certain things that you can do that kind of bridge the gap between science fiction and fantasy at the same time.
0: Is there such a thing as just the excitement of creating a pen and paper role-playing game, but then it dissipates once you're finished? Like, is it a thing where it's just like, it's just the fun of actually making the thing? Or do you actually anticipate playing it or playtesting it and refining it? Oh,
4: I want to play this game like all the time. I want to get my friends to play the game. I want to publish a rule book. I want to publish like a monster manual for it. I want it to get off the ground. I want it to be kind of a thing, you know. Do you
0: remember the song "The Monster Mash"? Yeah, spring. You said monster manual. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a Halloween. Remember Halloween,
4: Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Halloween. Andy, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. What has been your favorite Halloween costume you ever wore?
0: Well, I'm going to disappoint a lot of people when I say that I don't really dress up for Halloween. That's okay. You can do whatever you want. And I'll tell you why. Okay. I told this story, I think, when I had Mega Drive on the show. That was a good episode. That one was funny. He just did not want to talk. <laughs> Recently, I asked him, I'm just like, are you more talkative lately? And then he's just like, no. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I guess I wanted to see what he's up to, but... He's not a very talkative guy. <laughs> I always had it in my head that at one of these days I will make a really awesome scorpion costume. But until that day, I just have no interest. And, and now, like with kids, it's like it's more just about they do their costume when we walk them around the block, and that's it, really. Like there's, I, I don't go to parties. Like I don't really go to dress-up parties. I'm not a club guy, so I'm not going out to you know, like oh, they're having a Halloween party at the bar. Like that, that doesn't interest me. Yeah. Until there is some sort of large-scale synthwave event in this city that's somehow Halloween-themed. That sounds awesome. Why isn't that happening? Yeah, well, hey, man, let's do it. Okay, yeah, I'll (laughs) I'll be there, man. I'll be there in, like, an hour. Let's make it happen. (laughs) So that's my boring answer. It's like, I I want to go with Scorpion. I wouldn't mind doing Two-Face. See, that'd be cool. Uh,
4: Which Two-Face? Like, which comic edition or a movie edition of Two-Face.
0: I would probably do animated series Two-Face like the the green half.
4: That's a good one. I like that one a lot. I wanted you to say anything else other than Tommy Lee Jones.
0: Well, no one wants to.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that movie, man. It's just bad.
0: It's more horrible than people think it is though. Like I still feel like people have a soft spot for that movie and think like, "Well, it's not as bad as Batman and Robin." I'm like, "No, it's a fucking annoying stupid movie." and I always terrible man I always mention the same scenes over and over whenever I complain about it but it's just I can't stand the way anybody acts in that movie like I Tommy Lee Jones annoys me Jim Carrey annoys me I don't like that scene where they blow up the Bat Cave and they dub in, like, the, the baseball music and he spits in the spittoon that's fake oh, and you God, hear the sound effect that. of the spittoon. Like, stuff like that aggravates me. Oh, it's terrible, man. It's so stupid, but, like, all, all the acting and it just really angers me. <laughs> it's hard to say. Like, there's just certain performances that some people give that make me mad when it's on screen. I'm just like, what? Like, try one day... They made a sequel to The Mask that didn't have Jim Carrey in it. Uh-uh.
4: I already know it exists, and I'm not watching it.
0: Or The Cat in the Hat with uh, Mike Myers. Oh,
4: fuck, man.
0: If people want to know, like, the aesthetic that I just hate, it's like, watch <laughs> The Cat in the Hat. It's like, a, it's like this movie that's, like, just staring you right in the face and just going, like, fuck you, fuck you. Like, it's just... It's so bright and colorful, and all the kids have like these big giant oh. eyes, and it's all color corrected, so everybody's eyes are all really like vibrant and crazy looking. And then they're always just staring at the screen, making weird faces. And then the cat in the hat is always sort of like directing his weird energy like directly to the screen. It just feels like it's just an assault. It's like you're being assaulted.
4: Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think I ever want to do that ever.
0: <laughs> but sometimes gonna watch it, that. sometimes it fascinates me. Like sometimes I'm just like, what is the point of this movie? Like, is it to like attack my mind like what is this like it's weird
4: to make money from people who read the books when they were kids
0: oh you gotta watch it though it's just just to see just fast forward through it and go what the fuck is this i do that sometimes on netflix more than i actually watch things that are good (laughs) is i'll see a thing and like if it has a really annoying thumbnail there's this youtube you know youtube red like how they have shows i don't subscribe to youtube red so i don't see them but you'll see the thumbnails right because every so often they'll try and They remind you, like, you can watch Cobra Kai. And there's this other show that I think the lead is, like, some blonde girl in high school. Uh, And the thumbnail image for, like, the one episode is just the most annoying (laughs) thumbnail I've ever seen of this girl's face. Like, she's just making a really aggravating-looking face. And I think I even clicked on it just to see what the comments were. And the top comment was, like, this is the most annoying thumbnail on the internet or something. Like, (laughs) my favorite YouTube comments are... Whenever it's a clickbait video with a sexy woman, and the top comment is just the time code where that Uh is actually in the video, so you don't have to waste your time with anything else, and oftentimes it'll be like, 2.33, you're Uh. welcome. (laughs) It's terrible. It's so terrible. Because everyone is there for the video just because they saw the chick's cleavage, and it's just like no one wants to watch any of the other stuff. Oh,
4: speaking of bad movies... Me and my girl watched a Tom Selleck movie from 1984 the other day called Runaway.
0: Yes, that movie is fucking amazing with Gene Simmons as the runaway bad guy. Runaway is so awesome. I don't believe, I can't believe I've never seen it before. All right, look, let's listen to a song and then we'll talk about Runaway. <sighs> now, I don't even know how to say this word. Nephthymese? Nephthymese? Nephthymese. I believe I believe that it's pronounced Nephthymis. Nephthymese? Nephthymis. Nephthymese? Myth. Por favor <laughs> Myth Myth <laughs> Myth Nep Nep And it's
4: full. Riven
0: Alright here you just You throw to your own song here I can't do it You want me to do it? Yeah, okay you, you want me it.
4: to intro my own song? Yeah man Alright here's Nephthimes By Gregorio Franco
0: That was Gregorio Franco with the track (laughs) Nifty And we're back with Gregorio Franco right now who's just informed me that he watched the movie Runaways. Or is it Runaway or Runaways? Runaway. Singular. Runaway. And it's amazing because it's one of those awesome 80s movies where the poster art has nothing to do like, the poster art makes it seem like you're going to be watching some Tom Selleck, like, Terminator movie. Well,
4: yeah, he's got, like, he's wearing this outfit that looks like his body is one giant, like, of glove. Mm-hmm. It's, like, got these weird pads <laughs> on the side, but yeah. they're, like, obviously repurposed baseball pads or something. He's got this gun, but he never actually used the gun until, like... It's like a, a way way later point in the movie and it's not even his gun that's Gene Simmons' gun
0: what I love about that film is they treat it it's like oh it's like this techno thriller like technology or whatever and then the opening scene is like the robot was so low tech and terrible yeah it's like literally it's box. like literally like, it was like a box on wheels that
4: like... it was a box all the robots in that movie are like little boxes or spiders like the wasn't there like
0: the spider ones yeah, at the
4: boxes end? and spiders yeah. like the spiders that inject poison and then blow up yeah
2: you know like
4: there's a (laughs) Okay, all those all those little robots, especially the robot that lives with Tom Selleck at his house, it looks like my tape deck slash record player. On wheels, right? It was that thing, right? Yeah. It looks like a giant tape deck tower on wheels. It's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) In the first scene they have to the new lady cop goes out with Tom Selleck in a helicopter. And apparently he hates heights that's mm-hmm. like a
0: big thing character and, development
4: yeah exactly they go out to the middle of this cornfield there's like a I don't know there's like some weird harvested corn robot that's like run amok on the loose yeah. in this <laughs> cornfield and they
2: go oh! in a fucking this, yeah
0: this is the movie where the box is holding the fucking revolver right yes and it shoots the guy and like and like the and it clearly can't operate the thing like they try and make it seem like no. it's scary and it's like how did that thing even pick up the gun no that's the
4: one where he goes in the house because there's a baby in the house, right? That's the one where he goes in the house and the robot like is trying to shoot him. <laughs> and Gene Simmons is absolutely terrible.
0: <laughs> it's surprising. Is
4: terrible, in it. <laughs> but in like a really good way. Mm-hmm. He's overacting so much, and he's just got this scowl like someone just killed his dog throughout the whole movie and he just talks all ridiculous and uh, it's I've
0: great. never ever been able to handle the texture of his hair oh man yeah it's weird it's eternally distracting for me like whenever that guy is on screen or whatever I just look at the hair and go like what is that it looks like carbone from goodfellas but that dude's hilarious looking yeah but it's like that but like bigger he's also in uh, the wedding singer and like he's like one of the friends I think
4: he's in that one yeah and he
0: just looks hilariously awesome like cause his hair it's just like this perfect little like kind of mini fro thing. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah.
4: <laughs> now one of those good fellas, man. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a good movie. Love that movie. But we should talk about horror movies.
0: Well, this is where you can just take over because like I, uh, I guess I'm going to turn into a bad Halloween host. Oh. You know, but I thought about it today because I knew this would come up because I don't really like horror films. Mm. But I figured out the reason because I'm like, okay, I don't seem to get what other people get from like slasher films and stuff because... I don't find them fun. Like, I'm just sort of, I, I they always depress me when they're over. But yet, I can watch, like, you know, Evil Dead or things like that. And, and there's a plenty of really gory violence, but it's sort of, like, over the top and kind of fun and funny. And so I'm thinking in my head, like, well, why is it funny in this movie, but in this movie I don't like it? And I think what it is, I'm not keen on characters suffering. It doesn't make me feel good to watch. Like, if the kills are quick, for instance, like Freddy vs. Jason, I found entertaining.
4: Oh, that's just splatstick, man.
0: Nightmare on Elm Street movies, I I prefer just because there's sort of like a science fiction-y fantasy element to them. Oh, yeah, especially Dream Warriors, man. The imagery's cool. You know, the movie feels like it has a budget, but... When it comes to slasher films, I think the thing I just don't like, and and the cheaper they are, the more, like, it's just a guy running around killing, like, someone on my Twitter feed today, uh, I forget who it was, maybe it was, what's his face, Rat King, or whatever. Unholy Rat King. Yeah, yeah, and he said, uh, he's like, oh, I just watched The Prowler, and I was like, what the hell is The Prowler? So I went into YouTube. Oh, yeah, I saw that. And I was just, like, upset by it, it because it's like, hey, here's a lady getting a pitchfork in the stomach in the shower, and she's just sort of standing there in pain as this dude's killing her with a pitchfork and i'm like eh, i don't i don't care for this but i mean like if the dude just ran in and all of a sudden she just exploded like if he just like fired some weird like energy <laughs> beam and she blew up it would be more entertaining because it's like ah like i just don't like seeing people suffering like it, it upsets me
4: oh sorry i had this image of like an explosive pitchfork shooting out of a cannon <laughs>
0: Well see, well, see, there you go. Like <laughs> that—that that might have some sort <laughs> like
4: of old bathroom just exploding
0: from this, <laughs> this pitchfork, man. But, you, but you're a—you're yeah. a horror guy, right? Oh yeah, I love the stuff. Well, how about this? Let's listen to a song, and then you can tell me your favorite uh, horror films. We'll count them down. We'll do the top ten. You want to do that? Top ten? Oh yeah. Gregorio Franco's favorite 10. horror films. After we listen to this track, Dimension of Pain from Apocalypse Prime by Gregorio Franco. And that was Dimension of Pain by Gregorio Franco on this very spooky Halloween. And because I'm a big wimp, we're just going to do Gregorio's top 10 horror films.
4: Now, these might not be in any particular order. You know, I can I can probably think of 10. I've got my favorites, of course. I've got like a I I got like a million favorites, man. They're all I love them all.
0: Top 10. You have to whittle it down to 10 now.
4: I I can do 10. I can definitely do 10. We can start with like the 10 range and then just kind of get to like the favorite ones. (laughs) I don't know. Whatever. I'm just going to say a bunch of awesome movies that I'm sure everyone, if they haven't watched, they have heard of. And if they haven't watched them, they need to fucking watch them immediately. Of course, I think my favorite one of all time has got to be The Thing. Easily my favorite. The ensemble cast was perfect.
0: Every it's, so often I watch Just the effects real Like I'll go on YouTube And just watch like the thing Practical effects So good man They're so cool Like and it's some of it's Pretty upsetting But like the scene Where the dude's doing The defibrillator And then the dude's stomach Like bites his hands off
4: Oh uh, yeah It's just rad It's goofy as hell But I, I love it so much A lot of that Hasn't really aged well Some of it has But a lot of it Kind of hasn't aged Like I don't think that, that particular thing Aged pretty well But when his head Comes off and turns Into that spider thing Yes That shit is rad
0: But even the hands one, I think the only real problem with the hands one is the hands were clearly ready to come off. You know, like it sort of just kind of bit his hands, and then they just sort of like were already sort of severed to be pulled away from his arms. But it's very quick. True,
4: but the stumps do look rad too.
0: Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, that's okay. I like that one. <laughs>
4: I'm gonna start talking about this dude's stumps, man. <laughs>
0: You know movie has fucking gross stump scene that really I, I still find upsetting, even though I like the film, is The Fly. Oh, yeah. That
4: is an awesome movie.
0: God, when he fucking spits on that dude's hand and his leg. Oh, God, that's so...
4: The movie's so gross. That's another one of my favorites. Yeah, in a gross way. That's got some of the most visceral body horror that I've seen. But it's
0: such a good movie. Like, yeah, man. Cronenberg is so good. And it's sad. Like, the ending is actually like... Emotional, but the scene where he's like killing that dude is so upset. Well, I guess the dude doesn't even die, right? But it's like yeah. it's so gross that scene. Ugh.
4: Yeah, it's disgusting. It's not really a horror film in the true sense of the word. It's kind of like a classic monster movie, like a Frankenstein story or uh, or the Wolf Man. You know, it's like a misunderstood character. You know, mm-hmm. in the end, you know, he only wanted like one thing, but he had to die, or he just became a monster over the course of the over the course of the film. You know. Yeah, I think that's why there's so much emotion tacked on at the end that film is because you always know he used to be just a normal guy
0: and also when he points the shotgun to his own head I mean like that's
4: yeah that's true
0: I, I love that the movie ends right there like I love you know when movies just understand like oh, the story's over here you know <laughs> It's just like starts rolling yeah, it's yeah. like the end I of like Karate Kid
4: like the denouement and the extra long outro after like the final whatever is like 10 minutes of standing around talking about feelings yeah like I don't need that yeah
0: I just love when it's just the end
4: <laughs> yeah it's the grand. end over done next <laughs> song that's what I like all uh, right, let's see. Oh, yeah, another Cronenberg film, man. Uh, Video Drum. It's a trip, man. That's a crazy-ass movie.
0: It's just It's been a long time. Doesn't he, like, try to assassinate somebody, and his hand turns into a gun, and he's, like, trying to hide it? Yes. So that he can sneak into a thing and shoot somebody? Yeah, like a VHS tape. Oh, and he puts it in his stomach, right? Yeah. I have a really funny story about that movie,
4: actually. I totally forgot about this until just now. This was, like, 11 years ago. I had met a girl. Like, I was out in public, and Ooh. Uh, I don't know. I I'd, I'd met a girl, and I was like, hey, I think you're cool. We, we should... We should go watch a movie or something. And she was like,
0: yeah. Look at you, Gregorio Franco, going around there picking up chicks. You know what's up. Uh, I, I did not, apparently, because, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> Let's watch drone. <Videodrome. laughs> no,
4: no, no. Yeah, I'll get into that. So <laughs> I had never seen it, right? Uh, okay. I didn't know anything about this movie other than that. I heard it was kind of scary in Atlanta, We have a local video store that's called Videodrome. And I was like, I've never seen this, even though this place is named after this movie. I need to see this movie. And I talked to her. I was like, hey, you want to see this movie? I haven't seen it. Have you heard anything about it? And she was like, no, I don't know anything about it. I said, okay, well, let's watch it. So I rented the fucking thing, right? And I know that everyone out there who has already seen Videodrome is like just groaning or laughing right now because yeah I bring I bring the fucking thing over uh, we have like popcorn or something put it on and we proceed to sit there in silence (laughs) for the entire film I was so embarrassed but I couldn't turn it off because I was kind of interested in the movie
0: what was the scene that you think uh, sealed your fate that night
4: uh, it was it was a whole thing man pick one like the like the torture snuff film or the hand gun arm thing or like the VHS in the stomach or I don't know pick one <laughs> it probably all of them together and she probably thinks I am a fucking creepy serial killer person which yeah. in fact I am not <laughs> Just clear that up yeah that's too uh, I just, bad. I'm just a guy who made a very bad decision <laughs> and I've never spoken to her since I'm waiting for the day where I accidentally run into her in public one one day it'll probably be like 10 years from now yeah and we're both like I don't know 45 years old and I'd be like hey I'm really sorry that I didn't know what that movie was about and she would be like who are you yeah. <laughs> so yeah that's my horrible story about video drum and I'll never do that again I will at least do my research now
0: well you don't need to man right you got a lady oh yeah
4: absolutely but I still need to do my research, so I make sure that she knows that she likes it. She likes stuff similar to that because she's important to me.
0: Yeah, man, but man, we got lady at home, man. You don't got to impress nobody. You just fucking eat all that food and fucking. <laughs> I don't know what character this is. Uh, I don't know, man, but it's... Tell me more. (laughs) It's Asshole Guy. He's a real good guy. (laughs) I want to hear more of your list, but I want to listen to another song first. Rad. On this very spooky Halloween, Gregorio's telling me his favorite. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'll put... Again, Reverb. Reverb. Reverb, This is a track called The Blind Dead by Gregorio Franco. That was Gregorio Franco with the trek, The Blind Dead, off Apocalypse Prime. And I am here. <laughs> Actually, your laugh sounds pretty good when you do that. Really? Yeah, like it sounds like a legitimate uh, scary CD laugh. That's good. So what else is on your list of uh, your favorite horror films? We're, we're, it's Halloween today. Oh, man. Um, or the Halloween show. Yes,
4: uh, American Werewolf in London is definitely
0: up there. Now, that's one I've never actually watched the whole thing, but I have watched the transformation scenes.
4: Oh, because it is the best. That that first transformation scene is one of the best transformation scenes all those practical effects, they just look so good and it just looks so real and so visceral again. Like, it's just, it's awesome. And another movie that ends on a sad note, like another, like, classic monster movie tale.
0: I know that's one I need to see. Sometimes I'll just watch 80s practical effects reels on youtube like just like top 10 practical effects or whatever inevitably there's usually the the werewolf in london you want to know freaking messed up one have you ever seen the movie in the company of wolves i have not actually that's got the weirdest wolf transformations in that film really upsetting to transform into the wolf the person will like rip their skin off whoa so it's then the person's all like in muscle form and then the wolf kind of like climbs out of their mouth but then it's all muscle form that sounds Awesome. the hair grows in. It's a really bizarre... I haven't actually really watched the movie. <laughs> it's a movie that sort of feels like a dream. I think it's a take on uh, Little Red Riding Hood, but it's got a very dream-like feeling. I don't think it's a american film like it might be european but anyway that's that's that in the company no. of wolves and i feel like there's a scene where angela lansbury gets her head smashed and it like smashes like porcelain Oh, she's in that too yeah she's like grandma and i feel like her head but i can't uh. find that scene on youtube but i remembered that her head got smashed i saw it as a kid and it was like i walked in on this scene and was like what the fuck and it was like her head shattered like porcelain
4: whoa that's wild
0: I haven't seen the scene since, so I don't even know if I'm remembering it incorrectly, and I'm thinking maybe of just like Basketball, or no, it wasn't Basketball.
2: <laughs> basketball. What's it? No, not like,
0: Basketball, what's the porn, the, the, the porn one? Uh, orgasmo?
4: Oh, Jesus. Man. Because
0: there's a, there's a scene where uh, Ron Jeremy gets a basketball to the head, and his head shatters like porcelain.
4: <laughs> I haven't seen that movie in forever, man. I don't remember that one. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. That's all right. <laughs> Speaking of Angela Lansbury, this is not like a like a horror film or a Halloween film necessarily. But another one of my favorite movies is Murder She Wrote. I love that series too. <laughs> Murder She Wrote is rad, but Bedknobs and Broomsticks. No, I don't even know what that is. You never seen that movie? Bedknobs and Broomsticks is one of my favorite classic Disney type films. I think it's from the sixties. Is it witches? There is a witch in it. Yes. Mm broomstick and I'll give you one guess who it is
0: is it Angela Lansbury yes I'm good at guessing stuff you are good at guessing stuff tell me more horror films you like oh, okay um
4: it's not really a horror film also i like to watch this one around halloween though is uh monster squad
0: yeah that's a 80s film
4: yeah love monster squad man that's got some really good effects in it too and also has uh one of my favorite uh werewolf characters in it too it's uh what's the what's his name uh the guy that played laszlo hollyfeld in uh real genius he is the werewolf in monster squad shout out to laszlo <laughs> <laughs> Another one of my favorite 80s movies Real genius What else you got?
0: Return of the Living Dead Is fucking incredible I love that one I put a That's the comedy one right? Yeah It can be kind of funny Is Return of the Living Dead The one where the head Where they talk and say brains? Yes and they all dance at the end when they get electrocuted and there's the Michael Jackson one?
4: Um...
0: I mean, they don't dance, but they get no. electrocuted so it looks like they're dancing and then the one is wearing a Michael Jackson red leather jacket? There is. I think
4: there is one wearing a jacket like that.
0: And it looks like they're dancing when they get electrocuted. Like, that's like the gag. That movie's a comedy, right? I thought it was a comedy. Like, he gets a screwdriver in the head and it's like, get the screwdriver out of my head. Like, the head with the <laughs> screwdriver in it.
4: I don't know if I remember
0: that part. you like to take a little puff before you watch films? No. I actually, I don't use any drugs, man. I'm uh, free and clear. Ooh, fucking straight-laced Gregorio
4: Franco. Except for all those cigarettes I smoke all yeah. the
0: time. <laughs> I was just saying, because I know people, like, when they get all high and then watch a film, and, and then I want to have a conversation with them about how good the movie was, and they don't fucking remember anything. And it's like, what the fuck is the point of talking to you? So you're just calling me an idiot, then? <laughs> <laughs> Hey everybody, this is Andy from the future interrupting this interview to let you guys know that the movie I am thinking of is Return of the Living Dead 2, which is why there's some confusion in this moment, because I'm thinking of the sequel, which is much sillier than the movie that Gregorio is talking about, Return of the Living Dead, the first one. That's all, back to the show. (laughs) It's got
4: a lot of a lot of comedy in it, but then there's a lot of good zombie stuff and body horror, and there's like some like kind of fucked up scenes in that too. When uh, when they're talking to uh, the zombie that's like cut off at the at the stomach, they're talking to that zombie in the morgue, and she's talking about how much it hurts to be dead, and they have to eat brains because it's the only thing that takes the pain away. That's a good movie, and then uh, there's another uh, one of my favorite actual like trying to be scary zombie films is uh, Zombie. The Italian horror film.
0: Yeah, I've never watched any of those Italian... I feel like they would upset me. They look gross. Maybe it might, but... uh
4: there's a lot of cool effects in it. Um, it's got that classic zombie feel to it. The soundtrack's amazing, and it's got the scene with the uh, zombies fighting the shark underwater.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I'll watch this gore stuff for some reason on YouTube, but it's not something I do all the time because I just I'm always curious to see like cool practical effects, and then I'll just find and, uh, and I get all upset about it, even especially when it's really well done. Like I watched all the scenes from um, Night of the Living Dead, the third Day of the Dead, Day, that the dead. Day of the Dead, the, yeah, where the dude gets ripped in half like the arm they are in that army base oh yeah and some of the kills in that are just gross man were the- yeah they got a, little, a lot of good effects in that film yeah they were very good like the one where they like swapped the dude's head like they did a pretty seamless cut mm-hmm. where it's like an edit where it's like the real guy's head and then they sort of switch it with a fake head and it gets like peeled back and it like they did a really good job yeah i mean testament to them but it's so fucking gross
4: oh yeah And that was Romero, man. He was always pushing boundaries. Him and Fulci, who did Zombie as well. It sucks that neither of them are around these days. They're zombies now. They left an amazing legacy. That's all I'll say.
0: (laughs) All right, the show's over. Legacy of Terror. (laughs) (laughs) I like the original Night of Living Dead. Yeah,
4: that's a good one. The uh, 60s one.
0: Yeah. They're coming to get you, Barbara. They're coming for you. Look, there's one of them now. That was, like, the one horror film that was, like, kind of in our house. And I remember the cover because the cover was just a, mm-hmm. like, just a still image from the film, like, the VHS we had of just yeah. the scene, like, towards the end where all the zombies are heading to the house at nighttime.
4: That's a good one. I like that shot. It's a really good shot.
0: That movie is, like, uh, pretty scary. And I, it's cool because the way movies are made now with all, like, the jump scares and the sounds, it's so creepy just to see, especially that opening shot where, like, the zombie that, like, comes up and slams Buddy's, Johnny's head against the grave. Mm-hmm how it's just this long shot where he's just slowly walking up from the background. You see him in the background just kind of lumbering towards them and you're not expecting anything, but it's like so... And when you know what's happening, it's so much creepier. Yeah. Like if you've seen the film again, just going like, wow, like I always love when a movie can elicit a jump scare without making a loud noise like this is in the scary film or I don't remember there's a movie called Kafka mm-hmm. I think it was directed by Soderbergh but and it's like black and white and it had like Alec Guinness in it as an old man and there's this scene where there's this weird crazy dude I don't remember if they explain him like he's some weird dude who's been like lobotomized that is like chasing him around there's this one scene where the camera just sort of pans and it's like he's the guy's there and there's like a window and then the camera just kind of pans back, and then, like, the, the fucking lobotomized dude, he's kind of like he's got like scars on his head, like, he looks kind of Frankenstein y, but kind of egory too, mm-hmm. is just in the window. But they don't play a crazy noise or anything. But it still is just this crazy, startling scene. But like, but there's no like, there's no jump scare noise to scare you. The, the camera just pans okay. back over, and the dude's just in the window, and it just makes you go like, "Holy shit!" And then he yells and smashes the window. But after you realize he's there, ah uh, yes. And I just remember that scene like was just like, "Whoa!" Like that was fucking scary. And the fucking yeah. you ever seen the film *Mulholland Drive*?
4: I have seen *Mulholland Drive*. It's the a fucking
0: movie. bum scene oh, where the guy tells the story about the bum behind the fucking store. And then when they fucking walk back and then she, I mean, I think it's, it's actually played by a woman because mm-hmm. it doesn't really play a loud noise. It does play a noise, but it's just, she just looks so fucking freaky that that scene is just so scary. <laughs> like in the buildup to it. Jarring. It's man. not a jump scare sound. It's more of just like a, <sighs> Like just like that sort of noise, and then the yeah. second it happens. Oh, it's just fucking creepy, man. Oh yeah, man. That scene's fucking creepy as shit. Oh
4: man. Uh, another <laughs> really creepy movie that was in at the same kind of time period as Night of the Living Dead that I really enjoyed was uh The Last Man on Earth with Vincent Price. It's on Amazon Prime, but I've never watched it. It's a really good film. That particular story has been told a bunch of times. Is it like Omega Man? Like is it It's this- from the same story. So Omega Man and I Am Legend, that Will Smith movie. Um it's it's all the same short story, but The Last Man on Earth was the first filmed version of that story and i think it's the best one still it's really good so is is there like creatures in that film yeah they're kind of like a mixture between vampires and zombies like they still have their mental faculties but they only come out at night and they also feast on human flesh it's not like the jump scare thing you know it's not like that because it's vincent price you know it's like 50s or 60s and uh it's one of those classic horror films that just fills you with a sense of dread you know like this guy is all alone sitting in this house and every night He waits and waits and has to play music really loud and try to keep his mind occupied while all the creatures outside try to get in his house to murder him every single night. It's just scary, man.
0: Well, how about this? Uh, We're going to listen to another song uh, from the album. This is uh, Ruination by Gregorio Franco. And that was Ruination by Gregorio Franco on this very spooky Halloween. And uh, we've been talking for a while here, so we can probably wrap up. But did you want to talk about this album? Oh, yeah. Before, before we go? I sort of keep skipping through the songs and making you talk about horror films. But uh, tell us a little bit about Apocalypse Prime. Apocalypse. Apocalypse. Andy is shutting down.
4: <laughs> ah, it's the newest one, man. It's uh, I think I put so much work into this album over the last uh, I don't know year, maybe a little bit a uh, little bit longer than that. Played uh, one of them on the the last show that I was on. The uh, the void knows your name. That's on this new record as well. Okay, cool. That was one of the first tracks. That i wrote for this one and then over the course of the next year i kind of crafted a different sound not so different as to stray away from the stuff that i was already producing but it definitely has a heavier vibe to it this release probably feels the most metal out of all of them it's got that kind of attitude to it uh, a lot of distortion a lot of uh, a lot of heavy riffs i guess i kind of approached writing these songs in more of a metal kind of song structure type of way you know i would work on like a riff or two then i would kind of write it out stream of consciousness style and then go back and then cut out some parts or add a little bit here and i spend a lot of time on these songs and i'm really proud of them i'm very proud of this release i'm very happy with it and i hope that people are happy with it too
0: well i'm very proud of you oh buddy I mean, <laughs> Halloween. Yeah, <I've, laughs> yeah, that's my favorite thing from those old CDs. Uh, Halloween noises is the fucking like happy Halloween. Oh, yeah. oh, oh I love that shit. That's it's so great. fucking stupid. I should make one. Actually, that would be a fun thing to make. That
4: would be awesome. You should make it and sell it and make a million dollars
0: yeah i don't think uh any of that would happen when you could just go on youtube and probably just rip one that's there well you sell
4: it to like uh like halloween places like the places that sell like those noisemakers and stuff like people buy that shit man do they yeah totally i went to lowe's the other day Did you see this shit <laughs> i posted
0: a picture of it on instagram but it's <laughs> oh, like a yeah, giant inflatable thing eh?
4: yeah man that thing was like 20 feet tall it's like lowe's is really stepping up their halloween game I got to say.
0: Well, what's neat is uh, with LED technology for lights, it's really improving the Halloween prop game, you know, now that like you don't need a big battery to have a whole bunch of lights on a thing. So if you want like some crazy vibrating skeleton head that strobes and stuff, it's like it can be more compact and because back in the day, right? Anytime you had like some plug in lamp thing for Halloween, you have those big D batteries.
4: Oh, yeah. Everything was uh, super cumbersome and required lots of giant batteries to operate.
0: I found an old uh, tape deck, and it took six D batteries. Jesus. Oh, yeah. To, like, I had load one like in the that. back. I had one that took eight. Oh, Jesus. It's like as a kid, like loading in D batteries, all I could think of was because I love Back to the Future when I was a kid. <laughs> and so just like lo- loading in the batteries just reminds me of when they're loading the plutonium into the thing and it like sucks the thing down. Like I'd always. Oh, yeah. And the Mr. Yeah. Mister Fusion. Yeah. But that's, that's what I would always pretend. You know, like when I'm putting batteries in because it just feels like, like is like such a chunky thing to do, especially D batteries. Oh, yeah, it
4: is. Yeah. It always felt like, like I'm loading a shotgun or something. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Just like putting these giant things in there. It's like, hey, man, this is awesome. It feels like I'm actually doing something. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing something with my life. Yeah, I'm doing something with my life. I'm loading the shotgun, but it's actually batteries in a boom box.
0: It's crazy just how, how when technology uh, changes and the, the efficiency of uh, power use and stuff, you know, just how, like, you can have a thing that's just so much more powerful now that can do so much more stuff and running on less battery. But then back in the day, like, like mm. the stereo required so many D batteries and like lifting those is like lifting weights. Like I feel like a D battery is like a pound. It's not a pound. But
4: that's retro, man. That's cool, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, man. And I love everything retro. That's why we're here. Yeah, all of it. D batteries, synth wave. <laughs> well, maybe that'll be like a new artist that pops up. D batteries? Yeah, D batteries, 85. D, <laughs> D, bat- D batteries, D 85.
2: 85.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Make it so, somebody. Oh, man, don't. Don't make it so, please. <laughs> well look, man, we've had a we've had a fun Halloween. Yes, we have. Do you do you have like a Halloween message? Is that a dumb question? Yes, it is.
4: Um <laughs> No. <laughs> <laughs> and an appropriate answer. No, no, it's not a dumb question. But no, I don't have a Halloween message either.
0: Hey, you were all excited about Spider-Man. Did you end up uh, getting that game? I
4: did not get that game. I got a Switch instead, and it's pretty rad. I'm just pointing for Fallout, dude. That's all I can think about is Fallout 76.
0: I am excited for Cyberpunk. The gameplay video was what got me excited. Like, the trailer didn't. Yeah, it looks really good. Yeah, because trailers don't excite. Like, when everyone's just like, oh, doesn't look cool. I'm like, it's a movie. Like, show me the game, and then I'll get excited. And. When they finally showed the game, I was like, okay, I can see myself getting sucked into this game, like, for sure.
4: Like, yeah, it looks rad. It, it looks, like, legitimate fun. It looks like they've thought out a lot of the mechanics really well, and I'm excited to play it.
0: Yeah, me too. I really am. But that's, uh, we'll, well, we'll talk about that in a year, whenever the hell that fucking thing comes out. I'll
4: see you in a year.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but look, man, it's always fun to chat with you. Yeah, uh,
4: man. Thanks for having me on the show again. Yeah. Especially at a time as spooky as
2: this one. Ooh, Ooh.
0: Halloween! (laughs) (laughs) Let's just just do this for 10 minutes. I will. (laughs) Blood! What else (laughs) did. I don't know what else
4: people just say. To sample you saying that over and over, and I'll put it in a song. I
0: always loved in Bram Stoker's Dracula, he'd say certain word Dracula, I mean, would say certain words where it's like he almost doesn't say anything. He just sort of moves his mouth. Yep. Like, he, when he's just like, in an a anger f- for living, like that. <laughs> <laughs>
4: That's the delivery, man. But his
0: mouth does so much, like his mouth, it's like he, like his, he fills his mouth with air, but like, Like his mouth is like full of blood when he's like going to say that word. I I was watching that the other day, too. He's got some cool costumes in there. Yeah, it's really cool. And some interesting performances, but some cool costumes.
4: There's been a lot of recent horror films, too, that I've been meaning to watch. I just haven't never gotten around to it. I finally saw the new It a couple of weeks ago,
0: and I really enjoyed it. They filmed some shots of that down the road from me. Yeah. Well, they film it in Toronto. And I have a friend who's working on it right now. He's part of the the VFX crew, and I think they're going back. Like, there's a church... Oh, in Chapter 2? I haven't seen yet, because I haven't seen the film. I know there's, like, this weird like about like two streets down from me there's like a sort of a residential zone and on one of the street corners there's like a synagogue is that the word anyway but they, i know i know they filmed a scene there and it's like it's just a weird you know sometimes there's like weird locations where it's like a residential zone and then for some weird reason there's like a convenience store that's sort of like built into one of the houses and just feels like that's odd that that's here you know and not yeah, in a commercial that's, zone that's
4: like half of atlanta oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's a lot of weird places in Atlanta. It's, it's just a big, uh, this big urban sprawl where not a lot of it makes sense and the roads don't really, it's really easy to get lost in Atlanta because of how it's set up. Mm. But yeah, Atlanta's weird like that.
0: We'll, we'll have to, uh, that's a public service announcement. If you're in Atlanta and you don't know where to go... Um, <laughs> just come to Echo Synthetic Fest yeah, part 2. Yeah. <laughs> When's that? Is that happening?
4: Yeah, it's in it's in November. It's going to be November uh 9th and 10th this year, I believe.
0: Oh, so that's in uh 10 days. Everyone go check that out. So November. Yeah, cuz I watched I watched the thing on Amazon Prime. Well, I guess we never talked about that. You were in that documentary cuz I was I was filming it oh, as yeah. I watched it, but that was like connected. Yeah, connected. The Echo Synthetic Fest.
4: That was great, man. I had so much fun doing that.
0: And my buddy was in it. Uh, the back of his head My old roommate He was visiting Atlanta For a, another purpose And he was like He, he went there Because he, he likes your music he was like Oh I want to see Gregorio Franco I'm like that's cool Sometimes the world's a line Because like he's not An electronic music guy mm. But he He was more of like A punk Like rock kind of dude But there's some artists In the, the synth scene That do stuff That sort of Merge those worlds So that he likes that as well Yeah
4: That's very true There's a lot of people out there Living double lives Andy
0: Yeah man Me too, buddy. I'm a lady. (laughs) All right, man. Well, listen, (laughs) you have a lovely Halloween. I will. All right. Take care, dude. You too, man. Alright, and that was my conversation With Gregorio Franco It's time to say goodbye For this lovely uh, episode Yeah man, but look Thank you for uh, joining me for the wraparound (laughs) It's always a
1: pleasure (laughs) Yeah (laughs) I'm gonna try to avoid the joke this time (laughs) Thank you very much Yes, loved it I uh, bought Red Dead Redemption yesterday Oh god, did ya? Mm -hmm. So does that mean you're gonna take a break from doing the show? (laughs) No
0: (laughs) You know, with the support of so many wonderful people on patreon i cannot take a break because i owe it to them and i owe it to you oh my god yeah <laughs> okay but if i do take a break i'll just say that the fucking site was hacked by russians or something <laughs> <laughs> sorry
1: guys the uh, russians hacked it uh, they they hack things and it'll uh, we'll just, we'll just come out as gay or
0: something that yeah, just that <laughs> makes it really <laughs> To pull a proper Spacey, you have to do that when you do something wrong. Once I do something wrong, then I'll, you know, like... (laughs) Uh,
1: By the way, this is my opportunity to come out as gay as well. (laughs) I know, I I ran over that guy with a
0: car. I've chosen to live the rest of my life as a gay man, and then hopefully that'll... (laughs) Hopefully everyone will uh, <laughs> just back off the whole car-crushing thing. Fucking great. <laughs> but look, man, I hope you have a lovely Halloween. Okay, thank you. I hope you do, too. Yeah, man, it's a scary time. Costumes, skeletons. I'm going to probably play some Red Dead Redemption. I've played the first uh, 20 minutes.
1: I don't have a PlayStation 4. I am going to be getting one soon. Actually, a friend is sending me one. He's got a spare one. So Ooh, di da. Be... Who the fuck is this? Fucking money bags? Oh, I can't tell you. I can't tell you. That's the first game I'm going to get, though. That is the first game I'm going to get, all right? It's honestly... So far... the
0: first like 20 minutes it's really good the environmental effects are phenomenal it starts out and you're in the snow and it's like really deep deep snow uh, and you're sort of in the middle of a blizzard like trying to sort of move this caravan and just find shelter somewhere, and, like, yeah. the, the effects are great. The The prints you make, like, in the deep snow and stuff, like, it's so good. That, to me, was, like, the most impressive part, it was just, like, the weather effects. Okay. Uh, they put a lot of work into it, so I'm
1: excited to play more, man. Awesome. Awesome. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm very keen to play it myself. It sounds great. I hope you have fun.
0: Yeah, man. I <laughs> hope I do, too. I'll be editing this show all day, but whatever. Today, we will end the show on a song, because I think it would be appropriate. Normally, we end the. Okay. With the hoo-ha's jingle, but I think we'll end it with a hoo-ha track, "Halloween," because uh, I really enjoyed this song and I think it's a great Halloween song. Thank you for listening to the show, everybody. Tune in next week to—ooh, uh, it'll be episode 170. That's exciting. I don't know who the guest is yet, but it might be. uh Well, who cares? You listen, man. You find out when it, you listen, you idiots. <laughs> <laughs> contempt uh look guys happy halloween and uh we'll see you next week on beyond synth the best synthwave chat show there is
1: that's good (laughs) i hate when you get that little cheeky laugh like i know you're up to fucking something (laughs)
2: Forward slash Beyond Synth. And don't forget to check out Beyond Synth on Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Instagram. If you want to submit your music for the show, please email it to BeyondSynth at gmail.com. Have a lovely day. <laughs>